Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, How are you? So natural. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm bummed because I came home. I went to the store this morning, like a full ass grown adult. And Ooh. I um, meant to come in and turn on the lava lamp before we started recording. Cause this right. was like three hours ago. So I was like, Ooh, then it'll be like warmed up lava. enough right. and I can hang out and just like stare at a lava lamp because I'm still 13. I don't know. And yeah. I, Forgot, so I just now turned it on, so it's not going to get warm until like the very end, as per usual. Well, let me know when it gets there, and it'll be great. Oh well. I typed mine up like a champ today. Wow. So I got to turn the lights off and turn on my like twinkle lights around the window and. Look at you. Yeah, I'm all cozy, man. Um. I threw out my back yesterday because I'm 1,000 years old. What? How did you? What? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't doing anything. I don't have a cool story. I was literally sitting down and I went to stand up and <laughs> can no longer move <laughs> at all. And like, it's the same, it's the exact same area and like feels the same way as when I pulled that tendon during She Kills Monsters, like mm -hmm. two years ago. And like, I probably should have gone to PT for that, but it was before I really had insurance and I was like, you know, it'll be fine. And now it's yeah. the exact same area that's bothering me like really badly two years later. So I'm like, no, I can't, I can't be in my early late twenties. I feel like that's mid is the word that you're looking for. Your mid twenties. Oh yeah. Yeah. That works too. Um, also the more things that go wrong, I'm just picturing the inside of your body as the word rickety. Oh my God, dude. I know I'm, <laughs> it's, it's insane. I'm, I just, I, I'm excited for when they can start like 3d printing whole skeletons for repla replacements. So you can just bloop right into the next one. Yeah, that would be great. Like a frog. Nope. I was going to say a frog molting, but I don't think frogs molt. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because you don't find a lot of, like, frog husks around. I've never found a one. That probably those, means they don't molt. Those elusive frog husks. <laughs> Yet anyway, to find one. So I'm sitting on, like, an entire, like, Princess and the Pea-style pile of pillows. And yeah. I have a, a heating pad on my back. Oh, look at you. Because... I'm elderly. I hope it helps. Tell me about your cute heated. lunch spot. Oh my God. Okay. So Callie's been telling me about this spot for forever because they, it's two, like it's one big restaurant, I guess, but split into two halves, like the brunch half and then the evening bur, uh, bar burger kind of half. So the like burger bar half is called Big Chicks. And Fun. the brunch half is called Tweet. Well, Tweet Let's Eat, technically. Oh, my God. Um, it's, the, it's just the cutest. So I've been hearing about this place for forever because it's not terribly far from our apartment. And apparently it has amazing brunch. And Monday nights they have $1 burgers. And, like, apparently everything is just great. $1 burgers? Yeah. So it starts, apparently. This is all hearsay. I have not seen this in person. <laughs> 
it, you start with like a basic like meat on a bun is a dollar. And then every additional topping you add is another dollar. But still, you can get like a gourmet burger for five bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dang. And it's the deal is as long as you get a drink and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be an alcoholic drink, you can get a Diet Coke and then it's wow. whatever. So your full meal plus tax and tip is still like 10 bucks. That's amazing. It's a pretty sweet deal. I have yet to go do it, but I will at some point. But so we <laughs> we go into tweet and I go up to put my name down on the list and they need everyone there to add you to the list or, you know, so that you, you they can mark you off as like ready to be seated or whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, there's two of us. <laughs> and he was like, oh, who's the who's the second? And so I just kind of pointed behind me. I was like, Beardy right there. <laughs> Cause he was like a foot away from me or something. And he was like, Oh, he looks like he loves to do body shots. Okay. If you guys go right <laughs> over to the bar, we've got body shots and board games and complimentary coffee. We'll call your name whenever we have a spot for you. <laughs> like, Stop. What the fuck? So their waiting room <laughs> is body shots and board games. I don't, I didn't see anyone doing body shots. I think it oh was too God. early in the day. Um, but yeah, we played some, um, <laughs> mad gabs or wait, no. Yes. Yeah, we did Mad Gabs for a little while, and then we tried to find Waldo, but it was really hard. Um, wow. Yeah, it was a pretty – and then the food was freaking incredible. Um, yeah, it was just all all around 10 out of 10. Damn, dude. It was a great time. Man. So I'm really trying to convince Evan next October to do a trip somewhere, and we keep kind of going back and forth. And by we, I mean 100% me keeps going back and forth <laughs> on whether or not it should be a like spooky New England trip where we like go to Salem and shit or whether we should go to Chicago and go visit you. Because I think that Evan would love Chicago. My only hesitation is that the last time I was in Chicago was in October. So I don't, why can't it be a spooky Chicago trip? We got That's ghosts for days. A really good point. That's a really good point. My lift home from work last night, we were stopped out in front of the Drake Hotel for a stoplight amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I was peering into those windows like it was its soul. And I was like, I will see a ghost. I, well, because see, here's the other thing is that when I come back to Chicago, I am going to go to Six Flags. Yeah. I've never been to Six Flags. It's super fun. I just, I feel like October might be a little cold, though, for a bunch of roller coasters. Uh, Not here. Great. October here is still, like, 60s. Oh, shit. Okay. It's still super warm here in October. Shit. Okay, maybe, maybe we'll come visit you next October. Maybe 50s, but still. Whatever, man. The adrenaline will warm me up. Yeah, you respond on roller coasters the exact same way that I do, and you will be fine. <laughs> Evan always talks about how he like never he like liked roller coasters and like rides and shit, but it was never like a huge draw for him until we started dating because I'm oh, such boy. a maniac on oh, boy. rides. <laughs> just wait until I'm there with you. <laughs> he we was just- like, you just 
laugh the whole time. How like, can you not? Start to finish, you just laugh the whole How time. Can like, you yeah, not? it's such a stupid feeling it's for a human being to have. The funniest thing. <laughs> it's so funny. I went on um, when we were at the fair this year. My friend Brandon and I went on the squirrel cages because nobody else would go on them. The and one where we tried to flip more than anybody else had ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and Brandon was like, it's like, okay, so like, what are you? Are you a screamer? Like, what are you? What are you like on rides? And I was like, oh no. Um, we're going to sit down and I'm going to start laughing and then I'll stop laughing when we walk off of the ride. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I swear. Like it'll, I can't control it. It'll happen. And sure enough, we like, he like shut the door of the cage and I started giggling. And then, and then it just immediately, like I was just screaming, laughing the whole time. I love it. So Evan was so like, yeah, much. going to like Six Flags where they're like actual rides instead of like shitty Alaska fair rides. It's going to be wild. <laughs> it's so like, ridiculous. Yep, I'm going <laughs> to. And I love that you react the exact same way I do because you cannot control it in any way, shape or form. And it is the deepest belly oh. laugh. Like it is the most overwhelming. Oh, oh. it's the best. Oh, man. Yeah, we have to go to Six Flags. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'll really, maybe I'll really lobby for Chicago. Oh, you should. And there's so many spooky things here. Great. We can go um, try and find Resurrection Mary. Ooh, yes. Yes. Anyways. Hey, Reagan. <laughs> yeah, Taylor. <laughs> Welcome to Babe Town. This Thank super you. not awkward, um, very smooth and casual podcast that we do. That was so smooth. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. I feel welcomed. Um, I'm Taylor. And I'm, I'm Reagan. Taylor, what are you sipping on right now? I am sipping on coffee. It is morning time for you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 1248, so. Whatever, early afternoon, whatever. Yeah. Um, what are you sipping on? Um, I'm sipping on a, uh, a Pilsner that Trevor oh. made. Uh, it's one of the funniest beer names that I know of. Tell me. Uh, it's just called Crispy Boy. Just, just having me a Crispy Boy. B-O-I or B-O-Y? B-O-Y, unfortunately. Bummer. I know. Should have been Crispy Boy. Ha- boy. Had an opportunity, missed it. But I feel like it's just the most accurate description mm-hmm. of a beer, you know? Yeah. Just having a crispy boy. Anyway. Um, all right, Reagan, what year was your babe born? You know what, Taylor? I'm glad you asked. And that's a great question because it could be 1768, it could be 1772, or it could be 1777. You know what? Good news. Either way, you're going first. I figured. So. <laughs> um, so... Fun fact, Taylor, did you know that this month is also um, Native Hawaiian Heritage Month? I did not. It is. But I was curious if it was because I almost almost went that direction this week. Um, Yeah, I was, we were, you know, I was doing all the research and stuff and I was like, I wonder, it's got to be, right? It's super duper is. And I'm bummed that I found this out 
so late in the month, but now good I news though, we can like keep we can keep this train going. Oh, forever, forever and always. Um, so today I am going to tell you a story, and I'm probably going to butcher a lot of pronunciations, but I am going to do my best. I believe in you. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, so today we are talking about Queen Ka'ahumanu. Amazing. Here we go. Um, so Ka'ahumanu was born March 17th in probably 1768. Um, at least that's the date that like the Ka'ahumanu society celebrates her birth. Okay. So that's like the generally accepted date. Um, and one article (laughs) that I read, because a lot of them are like, she was born March 17th in Maui. Um, and the one article was like, Ka'ahumanu was born March 17th, 1768, in a cave called Pukuaki in Hana on Maui. And I was like, wow. Wow. Really, really getting into it. That's like that's like the narration at the beginning of like a movie. Yeah. You know, as it like slowly zooms in to said yeah. cave. The, this whole article, it was so much fun. I'll tell you the name at the end. But it it told her life story like as it was as if it was telling a story, you know. Fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, so late 1700s, Hawaii royalty, lots of incest. Okay. It's pretty incesty and a big bummer. Um, her mom was married to the king of Maui before he died and they were somehow already related to him. It was very convoluted and I did not understand. Okay. Um, And through her mother, Ka'ahumanu is related to a whole bunch of, like, kings and tribal leaders. Her father was a fugitive who was previously a noble and for some reason named her after the man that he was running from. Cool. That's kind of like a baller move, though. I couldn't decide if it was super cool or the weirdest thing I'd ever heard. I mean, it's super weird no matter what, but... To be I mean, like, because like, think about if in The Fugitive, if Harrison Ford had named like <laughs> his kid after Tommy Lee Jones, like that'd be kind of, be kind of a good move, you know, an extra little fuck you to Tommy Lee Jones, I guess. Yeah, extra little up yours, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting little tidbit, but he became, her father became a counselor to King Kamehameha the first. Okay. So there are going to be three Kamehamehas in this story. Cool. Um, so we got one, two, and three, just to keep it all easy. easy. You know what I mean? I do. Okay, great. So when she was really young, she was used to, like, being essentially a piece of furniture. Like, she was there to look beautiful, and nobody really took note that she was there. She was just kind of a decoration or a prize or whatever. Yeah. She, at some point, watched her father kill multiple men and then Whoa. was betrothed and given as a 10-year-old to 30-year-old King Kamehameha I. Whoa. Um, yeah. That escalated very quickly. Yeah. it's She had a bummer of a childhood. Apparently and some so. say they got married at 10. Some say they got married at 13. Like, there's a lot of slight variations in dates and ages mm-hmm. in a lot of the stories of her life. Um, 
and ultimately Kamehameha the first would have 17 wives. Wow. But she was his favorite. So they were super duper tight for the first like five years of their marriage. Everything was great. She was the favorite wife. She became an advisor as like a teenager because she understood the politics of the time and the turmoil because the tribal leaders and the kings were all fighting. And number one, Kamehameha I, wanted to unite all of them, unfortunately, by conquering them. Um, but she knew a lot of the kings and tribal leaders because she was related to them through her mom. So oh. she became an advisor and was like, I mean, when she was like 15 or 18 or something, depending on which birthday you go with. Yeah. Um, so at the time, the Hawaiian people lived under something called kapu, which was a system of like religious, political, gender and social rules and regulations that kept women pretty trapped, essentially, in what they were yeah. and were not allowed to do. Um, and breaking any of them was considered an insult to their gods and a capital offense and was usually punished by death. Like Holy shit. almost Damn. always. And it covered everything. Like they couldn't eat at the same table as men. Women couldn't eat bananas, pork or coconuts, which like Hawaii. Right. What? what? <laughs> um, for commoners. Adultery was super common and everybody just slept with everybody. But for royalty, she was forbidden because ensuring bloodlines and yada, yada, yada. But as she got older and more independent, she started to really resent the kapu. Okay, so 1793, traders from the West show up and everybody starts flipping out about all the new dope tools and goods and all the stuff that the traders are bringing. So the women just start breaking the kapu all over the place. Um. And they're, you know, eating with the sailors. They're doing all the all the stuff they're not allowed to do. And turns out there was no death by lightning. Weird. Weird. It's almost the, as though. It's almost as though. It was there set, are rules just instilled by in dudes place, to be like. I'm in. No, sorry. That, you can't eat coconuts. Yeah. No, no. So. This pork is, the gods would be really mad if you ate this, this pork. So following the zero vengeance from the gods, all of the taboos on women, it not began to weaken per se, but there was a crack. So then Kamehameha I married a gorgeous young queen of a pure bloodline from Maui known as the High Chiefess. And that was kind of the first crack in their marriage because um, Ka'ahumanu got really jealous and she felt like she wasn't the favorite anymore. The new wife was chosen as the wife who would bear um, Kamehameha's heir. And so Ka'ahumanu felt slighted, essentially. Um, and she, Wait, So he's got multiple wives. Yes. And then he's like, you're the one that's going to have the yes. heir. So like, yes. But then I assume that it can't go to a lady. The heir has to be a boy. Correct. So then what if she only has daughters? He would pick someone else. Seems very rigid. He can just pick at random, like of I, I'm sure he had dozens and dozens of kids. Man. But he just chose like this whole thing sounds very stressful. 
It, Can you imagine being like one of the other kids that like you're seriously. like, oh, cool, I'm never going to have to be king. This rules. And then like all of a sudden he's like, no, just kidding. You're king yeah, now. it's it's all stressful and I don't like it. But um, Ka'ahumanu couldn't have kids. And so she felt like he was tired of her. He was punishing her. Mm. Something like that. Although he still swore that she was the favorite. Um, so then in 1799, Kamehameha I did something real douchey and went and married Ka'ahumanu's little sister. Ugh. And so their closeness and their whole connection was donezo at that point. Pretty understandably so. Pretty, pretty donezo. Yeah. Um, and at this point, she's grown into a very independent intellectual woman and so she felt she was owed leadership and public acknowledgement. Um, so when his heir was born, um, who was named Liho Liho Kamehameha II, we're going to call him number two. Okay. <laughs> um, Ka'ahumanu was named the baby's official guardian and was given a place on number one's council. And one of the quotes that I love most is, um, she had become the pillar and cornerstone of his government. Mm. She had just inserted herself and was like, nope, you know what? I'm going to run this now. Man. What? That's cool as shit. I know. That's cool as shit. And I wish that, um, you know, instead of having to run through a dude, women could just like run shit because they are women. Yes, I agree. Um, <laughs> would be cool. Would be cool. But I also love that she was just like, no, you know what? I'm doing this now. And everybody was like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That seems, that seems right. Um, so there's still a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of jealousy between her and number one. And so she would rebel by taking lovers and eventually had one that was 19 years old. And I think her favorite, I guess. Um, but number one had that lover killed, which made her bitterness like, peak yeah i can't imagine that went over like bringing her like chocolate and flowers yeah come back to me i killed that guy you were sleeping with yeah that you probably liked a whole bunch yeah yeah who's a lot closer to your age it's fine (laughs) um so she began to like openly and fully rebel from the kapu um she would blatantly go down and like eat with the sailors she would smoke pipes it said that she loved to get other women drunk like it was a hobby. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, go get women real lit. Um, That's amazing. That's like me at any New Year's party. That's my, yeah. like, job at New Year's parties. Just get the women drunk. <laughs> That's how I met Pat's girlfriend, Amanda, for the first time. Like, really? Because she was at the wedding, but it was, like, so crazy that, like, it was very passing. But the first time that I, like, met her for real was at our New Year's party. And I was going around and like baby birding champagne into people's mouths. Not like from my mouth, like from the bottle, I guess sure. baby birding would be like, yeah, that's just pouring a lot grosser. Yeah. No, I was pouring champagne straight from the bottle. And I like, <laughs> I like hit her tooth really hard. And I was like, Oh my God, are you okay? She was like, yeah, you almost knocked out my tooth by trying to get me drunk. And I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I was like, cool. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it's it was lovely great. to meet you. Yeah. So Hey, you could put it down as one of your hobbies. Oh, my God. Great. I like yeah. listing that as a hobby. 
Yeah. Needlepoint and getting women drunk. <laughs> My two loves. <laughs> Cats, needlepoint, getting women drunk. <laughs> I love it. What a what a well-rounded person you are. And, you know, like, that's kind of great because, like, ladies being drunk together is some of the purest. It's so wholesome. Interaction. It is just support and love and encouragement and occasionally a fight. Yeah. And then back to love and encouragement. It's so great. It's very sweet. It's so great. Where were we? Okay. Got women drunk. Okay. Um, so number one died on May 8th, 1819. And freaking Ka'ahumanu got the date he died tattooed on her arm. Whoa. Yeah, she saw it. She got. What? Wait. Whose date? Whose death date did she get tattooed? Kamehameha the first, number one. Oh, I I thought we were still talking about her like mistress. Oh no. And I was like, wow, that is. But no, dude. No, no, this was a bitterness tattoo. Okay. Um, because yeah, (laughs) husband Kamehameha the first. She got that date tattooed on her arm. And one of the articles, the one that told it like a story, said she was ready to become Hawaii's most powerful person. Oh. And I am just living for it. Cool. Um, so tradition said, and this sounds super fun, that upon a king's death, all of the taboos were lifted. Like Kapu was basically not there so that the king could come in and reinstate order and like establish his reign. Right. Dang. So they just do a hard reset. So they just party um <laughs> and then he comes in and they're like oh that was that was a good time okay back to rigid rules and we're not allowed to do anything wow um but Ka'ahumanu had zero intention of letting all of that return so she took advantage of the new king being super young and inexperienced so when good old number two sailed in to like establish his reign and reinstate the Kapu, she greeted him on the beach wearing Kamehameha I, number one's royal red cape, and just announced in front of everyone that, quote, we too shall rule the land. And basically gave him no choice in the matter and established herself as Hawaii's first co-ruler, which That's amazing. I love. He sailed and was wow. like, this is going to be great. And she was like, you know what? We're both going to do this because I'm going to Cersei the crap out of this. And I'm in charge. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So she basically became like prime minister of Hawaii at that point. Um, so at his like, hooray, there's a new king feast. Ka'ahumanu and his mother, they were no longer rivals since number one died. Um, some... Accounts say they invited him. Some accounts say they tricked him. But basically, they made it clear that they were going to sit with number two to eat in front of everyone. And he, like, moved around the feast for a while, sitting different places awkwardly, and eventually sat with them in front of everyone, therefore breaking the biggest part of the kapoo. And, you know, all the priests are shocked, and everybody doesn't know what to do. And, again, no one died. And no gods struck them. And so who'd have thought? who'd thought so all of these people were confused as hell. And that was the first like major splinter in the whole Kapu system, um, which okay. eventually led to it being outlawed. 
Um, so she became known as Ai Noah, which means free eating. Unfortunately, though, it pretty much led to the destruction of their religion, which sucks. So then when missionaries showed up in 1820, everybody was really ready and eager for something to believe in. Hmm. Um, but before we get into the religion part, so back to the the unifying of the islands. Before number one died, um, he didn't forcibly conquer Kauai. They negotiated a bloodless surrender. And then after he died, um, his son, number two, was worried that the king of Kauai would break the union and so Ka'ahumanu married the king. Oh, okay. Um, and then he died in 1824. One of his sons tried to rebel. It was shut down real hard. And so then she married another one of his sons. So she's just like keeping it in the family so that they keep Kauai in the fold, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, so then number two went to England. I don't know why. And while he was there, he died. And I don't know why. Okay. But that left his little brother, Kawi Kaioli, Kamehameha the third. Bingo number three. Okay. Um, so number three is now king and he's 12 years old. Kaahumanu is ruling by herself as queen regent until he's of age. So now she has total power. Okay. Back to the religion portion. So she becomes a huge fan of Christianity and she's baptized in 1825 and chose the Christian name Elizabeth. Um, and then basically just replaced all the ancestral taboos with Christian taboos. Um, one of the quotes said, perhaps her comprehension of Christianity was simple, but it is far more likely that she understood its immense complexity, its good size sides, as well as its role of being an immense tool of power. Mm. Which, yelp. Mm-hmm. So she basically saw enforcing Christianity as a new way of gaining power. So she enforced it all over the islands. Um, and with that, like adultery went down, marriage went up. She's building schools. It's a peaceful time. Everything's golden. And then Catholic missionaries show up and everybody is all sorts of confused. All over again. Oh, because it was Protestant missionaries that had shown up in the first one? Yes, I should have said that. It was gotcha. Protestant missionaries. Yes. Gotcha. So then the Catholics show up and everybody's in a tizzy because they don't know what's happening. Yeah, because those are two pretty different things. They are they are different. Um, and Hawaii at the time was not about freedom of religion. Okay, so it was all or nothing? Yep. Um, so she decides absolutely not to the to Catholicism and some accounts say that she was persuaded by the Protestant missionaries and some say that she decided of her own accord. I don't know who's to say persuaded to say no to Catholicism. Yes. Like convinced it was a bad religion, I guess. Um, Either way, she ordered Catholics out of Hawaii and forbade its teachings across the islands. Not the best. Right. As far as, you know, religious freedom and, whatnot goes right um but then she visited um the windward islands i've never been to hawaii so i don't know what that is i don't know what that is either while she was there though she got really ill she recovered but it made her like softer if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and everybody says like that time when she got ill kind of made her genuinely understand 
Christianity better rather than just a tool of power. Yeah. So she started advocating for Hawaiian sovereignty. She and number three um, negotiated the first treaty between the Kingdom of Hawaii and the U.S. under President John Quincy Adams. And they opened up trade in Hawaii to Americans at all Hawaiian ports. Um, somehow that I didn't really understand, it helped the chiefs get out of debt with traders. So it further like um, solidified her union with the chiefs because mm. they all kind of felt lo- more loyal to her since she got them out of debt. Yeah. Um, and it ensured that like Americans were protected under Hawaiian law and they could sue in Hawaiian courts. Like they were seen as, I don't think citizens, but they at least had protections under the law. Yeah. She started advocating for women. Churches were named after her schools were named after her. And she ultimately became known as one of the most influential Hawaiians of all time. Damn. Which is crazy to me. That's just so cool. So cool. Um, unfortunately, she died June 5th, 1832, of intestinal disease after oh. battling it for what looks like five years. Oh, geez. That's and so long to be. That's so long. Oh. Your intestines not being great. Yeah. Oof. It Yeah, it looked like she got sick in, like, 1827, and then it was just a decline after that. Um, and that is the story of Queen Ka'ahumanu. Damn. And Good work. Thanks, man. It was so much fun to learn about this history. Yeah. Yeah, just, wow, that's so interesting. I love learning about all of these, like, cultural religions and norms and rules and yeah. how they lived, you know? Ugh, it's so cool. Anyway. Do you want to source your shit? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> um, our good friend Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Our best friend Britannica mm-hmm. online. Um, and then there's a website called coffeetimes.com. Cute. And they were the article that had, like, the storytelling version. Um, she's born in a cave and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, I couldn't find an author to it, but it was delightfully well-written. It was a really long article, but it was really, really fun to read. Yeah. I loved it. And the end. Nice. Thanks, dude. <sighs> Your turn. Good work. Okay. Sit back. Let me, uh, sit up. Making dad noises. Trying to sit up mm-hmm. with my shitty back. Let me get my beer. Uh, Man, it's snowing a shitload outside right now. It snowed a bit here for like a week or so. And now it's back to being like 40s. This is literally the second snow that we've had all year. That's insane. It's crazy. But good news, climate change isn't a thing. So No, how could it be? Good news. It's all just liberal propaganda. Propaganda. Um, Okay. Reagan. Yes, Taylor. Have you ever heard of Annie Agnaka Akia Aloa? I sure haven't. Are those all A's? They are all A's. Wow. Yeah. She's she got would a go first A. in every class project ever. Roll call, graduation, everything. Ever. Yeah. 
Um, cool. I had never heard of her either. And it's like kind of crazy to me that I hadn't heard of her. And I literally could find like maybe three articles about her. What? Like it's nuts. Okay. So 1925. Okay. Savunga, Alaska. Picture yes. it. We're doing yeah. a Yupik village on St. Lawrence Island. Um, Savunga's a little tiny. Her parents were Horst and Olga Akia. Horst. Like past tense, you have been Horst? <laughs> yes, but not spelled that way. <laughs> <laughs> I like using horse as a verb, too. That's yeah. innovative. Um, Went and got H-O-R-S-T. Oh, that makes more Horst. sense. Horst. Like William Randolph Hearst, but Horst. Yes. I'm with you, you now. Got it. <laughs> she had five sisters, three brothers. Oh, my. I think that she was somewhere, like, straight in the middle of that. Good old grouping. middle child. But I couldn't really tell. Um, and that is, like, basically all of the information I could find about her early life. Beautiful. <laughs> like, that's it. Um, so in 1944, she marries a guy named Jackson, but he died a year into their marriage. So no. that's the only time that we're going to hear of him. So then the next year she marries Nelson Aloha and they had nine kids. Oh my. So many kids. Um, so the family would spend most of their summer. They had like a little hunting and trapping camp called Tamnik. And so they would spend most of their summer out there. And she was like... <laughs> It sounds like even from the time that she was like, you know, my age, she was like the best grandma ever. Like yes. she was like known for like berry picking and she would cook these huge meals for everybody. And she like would make little um, like she would do like skin sewing and like make little dolls for people Aww. and like hand them out to people. So she was just like making dolls and shit like oh, so cute. So she was a big proponent of education, oh, which sadly I misspelled on my paper. So. Yes. So I have a college degree. How'd you, um, how'd you spell it? Oh, man. It's education-an. There's an extra A-N. Yes. For no reason. So, you know, Annie would be disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> Got me an education-an. So she made like all of her kids take it super seriously. Like there were, she would like make them bring their homework out to the camp over the summer and they would always be like, yeah, but this is like where we're like doing fun stuff. And she was like, nope, you've got to study and like read and stuff. Oh my gosh. So like all of her kids, all of the kids have like these interviews of being like, yeah, like she was, uh, she was super into homework. She really wanted us to be doing our homework all the time. So I just, it's just funny to me how many of these women, that is to say, I think literally all of these women have been such a, like, people need to have educations. Yes. Um, okay, so in the 1950s, she becomes a midwife. She's trained by another healer in Savunga. And um, in 1971, she goes on to be trained by the Norton Sound Health Corporation in Nome, which was, I guess, funded through the Community Health Aid Program. So healers on St. Lawrence Island basically did it all. Like they were first responders and they would um, 
you know, take care of like accidental injuries. They yeah. were able to spot TB because this is in like the oh, yeah. 60s, I guess. Um, and they were like pretty much cut off and alone until phone lines were installed. Ugh. And then they could finally call over to Nome for like extra help if they needed it. Like, wow. it's just crazy. So she um, was doing that. Meanwhile, in 1952, the U.S. Air Force established a base at Northeast Camp on Cape, sorry, Northeast Cape on St. Lawrence Island. Okay. Um, in that time, Annie had moved to Northeast Cape in 1963. She's still there working as a healer. I read a thing that said that she worked as a healer there for 13 years voluntarily. Like, whoa. She whoa. was just. Oh. Going, helping people, like, delivering babies, like, on a volunteer basis. Just because she, like, wanted to help out. God, she is the best. I'm 100% obsessed with this lady. Um, So while she's there, she starts noticing all of these health problems that are cropping up. Um, Suddenly there's cancer in a community that hadn't really ever had cancer before. Mm -hmm. Um, she's noticing a huge uptick in birth issues like miscarriages. There's low birth weight. Um, so she starts kind of suspecting that it is tied to the military base because the military base had, mm-hmm. they had abandoned the base in 1972. And it's like in the same area that all of these people that were suddenly getting sick were like out picking berries and like doing a subsistence lifestyle Uh-oh. off of the same land. So she starts like, petitioning the Alaska government to kind of pay attention to it and be like, Hey, I'm pretty sure these are contaminated sites. Can we please do something about this? Cause people are getting sick and surprise, surprise. Nobody listened to her. Wow. Yeah. yeah I know. It's really surprising. I did um, not see that coming. Nope. So um, in 1982, some government contractors were finally sent out to St. Lawrence Island and they discovered some shit. There were minimum 34 contaminated sites over nine square miles, which included 220,000 gallons of spilled fuel, heavy metals, asbestos, PCBs, which were known carcinogens, um, over nine miles. Like, that's not very big of a space. No. At all. Um, They had left, like, a bunch of barbed wire in a field, which was, like, blocking caribou migration. So it was basically stranding the caribou and making them starve. So it was, like, changing that part of, like, the hunting gathering, too. It wasn't even just, like, the berries. Yeah. Dude. Fucked everything up, basically. Um, So Annie is just kind of, like, out trying to get people to pay attention to this. Enter in. Okay, I'm kind of cheating because my lady this week is low-key two ladies. Okay. Enter in Pam Miller. Pam Miller was sent up to Alaska in 1989 to work for Greenpeace. Greenpeace was working um, a... She had started, actually, the project for the Alaskan Greenpeace called Community Toxic Investigative and Advocacy Project. Uh, Greenpeace eventually closed the Toxics campaign in 1997, and Pam was like, oh, okay, 
well, I'm going to keep it going. So that same year, she just started her own project called Alaska Community Action on Toxics. And that's still going to this day. And she is still the head of it to this day. What? Yeah. I know. Oh, that's so cool. It's so good. So part of the reason that she founded ACAT, it, which is what we're going to call it for the rest of the time. Okay. Um, part of the reason she founded it was because of Annie Aloha. Because oh. Annie and her had met at a Greenpeace conference in 1997. And Annie was like, hey, so... My entire home has been like shit on and no yeah. one is paying attention to it. Can yeah. Greenpeace help? And Pam was like, I don't know, maybe. So she had taken it to Greenpeace. They shut down the project and Annie or Pam was like, all right, let's just do it ourselves. So these two fucking ladies go to meet with um, a lieutenant at the Army Corps of Engineers about cleaning up the site in 1998. At this point, Annie is 73 whoa she's 73 and she goes rolling up to this lieutenant and she's like listen these Clean are the my people. home bitch she goes in there with a list of people who had gotten sick and died of cancer how she knew all of them and how all of them had gathered from the spill site area oh no he told them that the island was quote low on the list for cleanup <laughs> so <laughs> they went back and they were like all right whatever so they made a game plan and they basically went around and raised so much awareness about this issue and this spill site that the army corps basically had to pay attention to it because it was getting so much chatter yeah um so currently the cleanup on st lawrence island is still ongoing but because of their efforts the army corps has spent around 123 million dollars on the cleanup to date and all just because fucking Annie spoke up and was like, this cannot be a thing. This is insane. So in 1998, December of, Annie spoke at the Alaska Women's Environmental Conference in the Matsu Valley, which like, Ayo Valley. <laughs> okay. Um, so while she's there, Annie becomes super ill and she has to leave early. Um, this was later diagnosed as liver cancer which Annie had already had breast cancer and was in remission oh when she got goodness. liver cancer. Um, this woman and like catch a break. Yeah. And like, I didn't see anything that directly related it, but it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of telling that like she spent her career trying to clean up this spill site because people were getting cancer in the town that she lived in for like 25 years yeah. and then she got cancer like oh yeah no I assumed it was from the spill site right like yeah and I didn't see anything to like you know negate um, that yeah that was like this is for sure what it is but oh, like gotcha, gotcha. it's kind of I don't know it kind of seems like that to me um so she prepped to go home for her last days because she knew that it was really well-progressed cancer. So she was like, I'm just going to go home and, like, be around family. And as she's prepping to come home, she realized that she probably would never make it back to Anchorage. So she hits up her friend Pam, and she's like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. So she had Pam make a videotape where she interviews Annie and basically just asks her about everything. 
So in this interview, Annie talks about the spill. She talks about how there needs to be government cleanup. And she also like has a direct message to her people where she's like, hey, I know that this can be really hard. And I know that it seems like sometimes you have to do it on your own. But like you really need to work alongside the government to facilitate this cleanup because this is too big of a job for any one group to take on. It needs to be a cooperative thing. So she like urges everybody to be like, hey, we have to work together to fix this shit because apparently <laughs> it's up to us to do so. Yeah. Um, during this interview, she said, quote, I will fight until I melt. Oh, I know. So um, once the interview's over, Pam didn't want to believe that that was going to be the last time that she saw her friend. So she refused to archive the tape or edit it or anything. And she would call Annie over the next two months to check in on her. These two ladies have just the sweetest friendship and I just love it. Oh, God. So um, that was in December of 1998. The following February, Annie dies of liver cancer. So the following year, 1999, ACAP produces the interview, titles it, I Will Fight Until I Melt. They distribute it to federal agencies in D.C. to garner attention. And since the video release, um, I got this kind of tabbed, um, like, things that have happened from the Alaska Women's Hall of Fame. So since the video has been released, the Army Corps of Engineers has prioritized St. Lawrence Island as a cleanup site. The people of the island were so inspired that they worked toward research as like a community effort. So they're doing like community-based research and environmental advocacy work because of Annie. Other native communities realized that they could ask for help from ACAT in getting similar things happening in their communities because the military in Alaska, like there, it's been such a like expansive space for the military so there are just like military cleanup sites all over the place and so a lot of them are going to be very near or in or under native villages so all of these like native communities have realized that they can seek help from ACAT um, and the CDC has been using the video for training about environmental justice issues so like her video her interview is like a huge thing. Yeah. So cool. Um, so Pam Miller, Pam Miller is still at it. She's still the president of ACAT. And she said, quote, it's like Annie is sitting on my shoulder and urging me on. Keep it up, Miller. What an inspiration. Wow. And that's 20 the pretty years amazing later. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the pretty amazing story of Annie Agnaka Aloha. Wow. That's amazing. I've never heard of her. No, not once ever. And you're like in that field. Yeah. And I've never heard of her. It's yeah. Also, what a good video to like help teach people. If you're planning on implementing any sort of large infrastructure, make sure you do the research to see how it will affect that community. Right. And like, like make sure you have the funding behind you to clean it up when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Um, so to cite my shit real quick. Yeah. Most of that I got from the Alaska women's hall of fame article about her. Amazing. Um, it was super in depth. So that's where I got most of it. 
Um, it was peppered with some info from the ACAT website. Um, they have a whole history tab that basically is just the story of Annie and Pam. And uh, then the rest of it was Wikipedia, like dates and stuff. Yeah. Annie and Pam. Annie and Pam. I know. I know. I know. Sweet Annie and Pam. I love it. Who's your babe of the week? So my babe of the week this week is my mom. Mm. Because it was her birthday this past week. And I mean, I think about my mom all the time. Obviously, she's my mom. But... You know, just like thinking about her a lot more, talking to her more with her birthday and just seeing how she is and everything. And it just makes me think about like, you know, all of the everything in my whole life raising me and all the stuff that I understand so much more fully now being an actual adult that I used to get so mad about or just be like, oh, she just doesn't understand or she just doesn't, you know, like fully understanding now or maybe not even fully because I don't have kids, but more understanding now. Yeah. Her reasoning behind it and what it, what she was trying to teach me or what she was trying to help me do or see, you know, it's just mm-hmm. parenting has got to be crazy. I, can't even, I cannot even imagine, but she's brilliant and she's wonderful and she's funny and she's welcoming and she's just a wonderful lady. She's been on my on my mind a lot this week. I'm a big fan of your mom. Right? Yeah, she's great. Nice. Yeah. Good one. And she, <laughs> I love that she, like, really genuinely cares about my friends <laughs> and will ask more in-depth questions than I know to ask about my oh friends. My and know. so she'll always be like, well, how's so-and-so doing with this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's my whole life. I'm always well, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, she's like, well, what is what does Taylor hope to do in the next ten years? I'm like, I don't know. Oh my god. She's like, well, how much more does Dylan have left in school, and what's his plan after that? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I like that you're just constantly having to answer job interview questions about your friends. Yeah, and then I'll just be like, I'll ask them, and then I'll get back to you. (laughs) I'm gonna go text them and then report back. But it makes me learn more about my friends, and it's just sweet that she like has everybody cataloged away and. Yeah. She knows what they're doing with their lives way more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love sure. my mom. She's great. Who's your baby of the week? Um, my baby of the week, I think, is my mother-in-law, Rachel. I this- love Rachel. I have met her twice and both is, were phenomenal. She is the best. Um, she has made it such a point because this is going to be the first year kind of ever that um, I'm not going to see any of my family for the holidays. Because my parents are in Oregon and my grandparents are coming up to be with them for Christmas. So that's good that um, that they'll have them there. That's great. So this is like the first time that I'm just like, all right, cool. And Rachel has made it like such a point to like make sure that I feel like it's still the holidays, which is great. Like. My mom told me the other day that Rachel called her and my grandma to find out what my favorite Christmas food is oh. so that she can have it at Christmas for me. Just so I sweet. I love that. I know. It's so nice. And, and like, she's like super, um, I don't know. She's just been like super aware that it's going to be kind of a weird holiday season for me. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So I think she's my babe of the week. That's really cool. I actually, I was just texting Trevor's mom. She was asking me like, 
what kind of jewelry I prefer, what colors of nail polish I prefer and, (laughs) you know, like little things like that because she likes to have stocking stuffers for me and stuff because same thing, like it's so hard for all of us to find time to fly and see each other for the holidays. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And you guys are like all over the place. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty much impossible. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she's been very, very sweet about like welcoming me into their holidays it's just it's a great mother thing Mm -hmm. yep that's really cool I love Rachel I don't know if she remembers me but if she does you should tell her hi for me she definitely does (laughs) like Rachel and my mom will both like talk every time they're together just like man aren't their friends just the best (laughs) like you guys you guys are being extreme moms at each other right now I was so nervous about asking Rachel to sign a penis (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I was so Carson flew in last night and we had coffee or I guess he flew in Friday night and we had coffee yesterday and I was like oh yeah do you want do you want to use the dick mug and he was like he was like I don't know what that means <laughs> and he was like wow that's that's just a coffee mug with a bunch of dicks on it he was like where did in you a get sweater that? formation <laughs> he was like where did you get that I was like who, where do you think? I got it from Reagan. Like, what What do you think? I was for like, yeah, there's bachelorette part. It's not like I just, like, got you a dick mug. For there's dicks and butts on it. Fun. It's true. There are. I forgot It's about my that. favorite mug, and I can't take it to work, which is kind of a bummer. Not even a little bit. Yeah. That, that and the book. Yeah. I don't think That's... I've ever been more excited about a gift. Yeah. No, it was great. That was hilarious. Oh, so funny. This was great. This one is great. I love this. Oh, it'll be tomorrow when this comes out. Yeah. That's fun. That's kind of fun. It is. Um, If anybody has stuck with us this far, we love you. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you would like to see photos of the women that we just talked about, we're going to have them on Instagram and Twitter tomorrow and Facebook. And they're all going to be at Babetown Pod, which is pretty cool. Very easy. All true facts. All true facts. If you want to email us, you can do that. It's also at BabetownPod or just BabetownPod at Gmail. There you go. Yeah. Where are the ads? I don't know. <laughs> um, and you can tell us, you know, your babe of the week or how cool your mom is and why. Because I know your mom's cool. Just I want, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. You know? That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. Um, and also, if you like us a bunch, like, you should leave us a little review and a little rating on oh, yeah. Apple. Those oh, things. also, we're officially on Stitcher. Yay, we're on Stitcher. We are on Stitcher. So. Beautiful. Um, Reagan, I'm such a fan of this, and I'm a fan of you. Taylor, I'm such a fan of this and you. So that works out nicely. Good news. <laughs> I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. I hope you do, too. We need to figure out when we're going to record um i'm off on friday so I can do friday. oh yeah i think i am too that's a good point <laughs> okay great plan made friday cool oh my god and then we can talk about our thanksgiving plans i love nope. it not How plans they, they will have been the, in the past the previous plans yeah that we that had and how they were executed yes it'll be great cool that sounds great you. I can't wait. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. This was great.
This was great. I love you. I love you. I'll talk to you on Friday. Sounds great. Bye. Bye.